Hello, uh, and uh, welcome to another episode of Jackson Talks. Everybody, yes, with me, uh, your host, Jackson Stone. And uh, I'm fired up for my guest today. Um, he's, uh, yeah, he, I mean, you guys know him, but he's a world travel professional wrestler. He hosts his own podcast. Um, he's a Texan. I think that's very important to note. <laughs> um, but really, I think most importantly, um, why I connect with this, uh, with this guy is that uh, he's, you know, he's a thoughtful, conscious, and just like an overall really good dude. And, uh, and I, I, I'm attracted to those kind of people. So uh, I'm happy to have uh, Ryan Davidson uh, on the pod today. Dude, what's up? Awesome, man, bro. Thank you for having me on. And like I said before, you actually hit the record button, man. I've, I've literally uh, been looking forward to this since uh, you reached out to me like, hey, you want to do a podcast, which is weird universe and, and attracting like-minded people it's like it's funny when you think about something it's like man i've been meaning to do this podcast with jackson literally i look at my instagram messenger and you're like hey man do you want to record a podcast like <laughs> that day yeah so, no, no joke and it's like funny because things like that always seem to work out that way and they always do man so uh i'm so happy to be here man so thank you yeah like i i wanted this to obviously be in person because it's a little bit better that way um yeah. But clearly, we're we're going through something uh, in this this global pandemic, so it's not highly possible right now. <laughs> what are we going through? Now? Um, I feel like I should be wearing my mask during this call. I'm just so used to it right now. But they got some comfortable masks out there. Finally. They do those those paper ones, man, like the blue ones that they're like. I guess the standard ones that everybody has, like man, they make my face itch. And it, it's if I know if that's the only thing I got, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting day for sure. But I wear my mask for sure. Yeah, before, uh, I mean, I start this podcast with a specific question, but uh, you touched on something that I just come, came to me, so I'm going to ask you right away. Um, so there's like a big thing, obviously, with males and not wearing masks because it makes them look weak, right? There's a, like a big thing about it. Like, I'm not going to wear this mask because it makes me look weak. So as you're a big, strong boy, right? Stand up. And obviously, and we're in a masculine, I'm going to put air quotes for masculine profession as pro wrestlers. Right. What is your what's your take on that whole thing? So, you know, I can I can talk to you for like 10 minutes about like how people feel so indifferent about these masks and everything. So I'll try and keep it short and sweet since if anybody knows me, I just go on tangents and all over the place and everything like that. But um, I, I feel like my personal opinion, just for me, uh, the most masculine and man thing you can do is care about other people. And to me. Uh, regardless of how you feel about the government's out to get you, uh, you know, they're listening right now, brother, brother, wear your tinfoil hat, whatever your situation is. And hey, as an American, as a human being, believe what you want. I love you nonetheless. It's all good. I just know that wearing a mask can help prevent myself or giving it to someone else, large or small. And I just believe that as, as a man, I care about other people. I care about myself. So I wear my mask, plain and simple. Beautifully said. That's that's really <laughs> that's really all there is to it, you know. Like, it's like I'm not like I wear my mask. I'm not wearing it for 42 hours at a time, right? Because then it gets a bit uncomfortable. But if I'm gonna go to Walmart, even I wear it at the gym, or like if I'm gonna go anywhere where people might be around, I'm gonna throw on my mask. It's fine. Like, and in I mean, obviously you live in Texas, but in the Dallas area, like if you go out to eat. Um, you wear your mask in the restaurant, you wear your mask to the table. And then once you get to the table, you take your mask off because you're already socially distanced from everyone else. It's right. really, it's really not, it's not a hassle. It's just like important because if we want to get back to whatever our new normal will be, which will be way different than what it used to be. Very true. 
that's something that needs to be required for everyone as of now. Absolutely, man. And it's the same way in Houston as far as wearing the masks in restaurants or anything. I actually went to a <clears throat> kind of like a Cajun seafood place the other day and it was the same thing. Walk in, wear your mask. And, you know, as far as from a country standpoint, like it, it I kind of get to why people are so um, they're just so like apprehensive of wearing a mask and it thinks it's taking away their freedoms and things like that, because as much as I love being from America and being American, I'm very patriotic and love being, you know, where I'm from. But uh, it's embedded in our mindset. We've been programmed. We're number one. We're the best. There's nobody else that can mess with us. Nobody else has got it like us, this, that, whatever. So whenever there's any kind of uh, laws or restrictions of going, hey, look out for the well-being of others, it's like, no, we're number one. We're better than all the others. Why do we need to listen to them? And that's why all these, quote, unquote, freedom fighter patriot guys or girls or whatever that not to be judgmental, but it seems like they probably haven't passed science class in high school. Want to tell you the real truth about COVID. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it's like, look, man, wear your mask, look out for other people, and let's just try and get through this the best we can. So, perfect. Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. <clears throat> I'm glad we touched on that. Um, but the, uh, the usual way that I've been starting the show is I'm trying to really normalize the question of how are you? And I'm trying to get people to answer it honestly and openly. Um, yeah. Because we, we kind of use that question as a, another form of saying hello. Um, and I think if we can just kind of bridge the gap to making it a little bit more of an honest question. I'm not saying when, when anyone asks you, how are you, just spill your whole entire life. Because you got to be careful with who you vent to and who you tell your stuff to because that's also very important. But I think if we just say a little bit more of how we're really feeling when someone asks, I think it could, I think it could bridge the gap to help us be a little bit more healthy and connect more. So I'm going to ask you, how are you doing for real? You know, that's, that's very well said, man. And I appreciate you uh, saying that as well. A lot of good pointers there. And to answer your question for 90% of the time, I'm awesome. I really am. I do have dark days like anyone else, you know, or it could be, I mean, we're in a pandemic. So anxiety, uncertainty, you know, us being pro wrestlers, I mean, pro wrestling right now is not a live business, which I think that's the first time ever in the history of pro wrestling that hasn't been a live event business. So we're all going through these changes and all trying to figure out what's the next step also at the same time. And there's some days where you feel like, all right, you have some momentum. And then there's some days where you feel like I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. Um, and I feel like that's really apparent for me. But all in all, I, I always do everything I can to see my uh, the best in every situation. And be grateful for things, as cliche as that is, but it's absolutely true. Gratitude is a superpower. And for the most part, I'm very well, man. I'm very grateful and, uh, you know, just glad I get to wake up every morning and just uh, try and make the best out of each day. For sure. Right. Yes. Good. Good. Yeah, we're going to we're going to touch on all that, all that stuff in a cool. bit later. Personal development, how you got into it, you know, your mindset, all those beautiful things. Um, but you did you did have COVID-19, right? Oh, I did. Yeah, it was, uh, I want to say it was in the middle, it was in the month of June for sure. So uh, around July 4th weekend is when all the symptoms were gone and I was pretty much clear and good to go. But uh, but yeah, I traveled uh, for my personal job outside of pro wrestling and uh, just started noticing a little tickle in my throat. And, uh, and then I woke up the next day. Ironically, I spent the night in Dallas and thank goodness uh, I think there was a show at that time. I didn't get a chance to see you or anyone else, but I stayed at the Doubletree near uh, in Irving, uh, mm -hmm. I guess, um, in Irving somewhere. 
And uh, I woke up that next morning and I just felt awful and I had to get back to Houston. And once I got back, you know, it was just like a head cold. I couldn't really smell anything, but I was still tasting. I was okay. And then the very next day, it was like my sense of smell and taste was gone. So I went and got tested, everything like that. Turned to find, come to find out I had COVID. So I did the whole quarantine and everything. And, and I was very grateful through my experience, man, because I, uh, you know, the worst I got, like I said, was I felt bad for almost two days and I didn't have any sense of smell or taste for about a week. And then I, that was it. And then I went through, you know, got tested through uh, Galveston County, which I lived down here in Houston, which is kind of towards the water. And uh, and then I got tested at another place and double negatives and just back to regular life, man. But it was uh, it was crazy. And I was blessed because I've talked to people that we know mutually through wrestling that, that have either had it or know somebody that had it. And compared to their stories, what I've heard, I got it way easy. I, I know I, there's a guy I just did a podcast with uh, last week. His dad died from it, from COVID. So, yeah, just passed away. So uh, then there was another buddy from uh, Wildcat. His mom, even though she had some other similar health issues, uh, COVID was like the final straw that made her pass away. So, you know, when people want to say the death rate's low and everything, yeah, you're absolutely right. But it's still at the end of the day, people are dying. So we need to take <laughs> as much awareness as we can to get through this and move on. But uh, I'm, I'm glad nothing was severe for me, man. I'm very blessed. Yeah, like no matter what, no matter how many people die or what you think the inflation rate is or how many their the numbers are being increased by the government or whatever, whatever your views on it are, yeah. people are still dead. And that yep. is something to be concerned about regardless, because that's human life. You know, whether they're 67 years old or, or 22 years old, it doesn't matter. Right. right. They still in, in my life, age is only a number. Right. People can get better with age and experiences, all that. So they could have been thriving at their most highest peak at age 65, right? Because they've lived through much shit and they finally figured out who they want to be and what they want to be. And then their life was taken away from them. Yeah. So we still have to, we still have to value life no matter the age. Like I, that doesn't, that concept doesn't really make sense to me, but. Yeah, man, I, you know, it's um, going, going back to people's per, uh, perception and perspectives. Like I respect people that, that have that thing to where they don't think it's a big deal. And they have the right to not think that. I mean, or, or to think that I should say that's fine. But I just feel like the common thing should be the most patriotic thing. If you want to put a label on it, the most masculine thing, if you want to put a label on it, basically just the best thing you can do generally as a human being is uh, as far as awareness for this whole thing is just follow guidelines. And if there's any restriction or any kind of procedure that you can implement into your daily life, that would reduce the spread of COVID-19, meaning maybe not go out as much, always wear your mask. Don't, don't hug or touch anybody for the time being, keep those hands clean. Like, dude, just do it. It's really, it's, it's not rocket science, you know? So. Yeah. Plain, plain and dry, cut and simple, you know, or whatever, plain whatever. Whatever the saying thing is, I think I missed hey. up a few words. <laughs> apples, apples and pancakes, you know what it is. Yeah. yeah, for sure. No, it's kind of funny. I'm actually kind of like impressing myself right now. Like, man, Ryan, I am not going on a tangent because usually it's like I'm like a wind up toy when it comes to conversation. It's like, hey, Ryan, like wind me up with a question. What do you think? And I'm just like one of those little things that just keep. I do. I just go, man. So I'm, I'm excited to ask you one of those that. questions, and like, and I just sit here and listen to you talk, and then it's been 40 minutes, and I'm like, well, what a great podcast! I didn't even say anything, bro. That's like that's like an interview. It's like two questions. I'm like, what? That's it? And they're like, yeah, uh, dummy, you fucking talk too much. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, at least the words that come out of your mouth are intelligent and, and good. So it's all right. 
Ooh, yeah. Well, you know, thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, don't mess it up now. A lot of pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't mess me up now. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but yeah, so like, yeah, you spoke a little bit about wrestling kind of being on hold. Um, and I think with wrestling being on hold and so many changes happening around us, that changes within the business and things that were shitty in our business have been brought out. Um, and so... I mean, I won't ask you any specific questions in case you don't want to talk about specifics, but um, I mean, during this whole pause on wrestling, there's been a lot of things happening. What's what I mean, what's your what's your current view on like the landscape of independent professional wrestling? So uh, there's this guy that I follow. His content's amazing. His name's Kyle Cease. He's a former comedian. He's very uh, transformational guy and very much on like spirituality, wellness. He's hilarious. Uh, really, really famous career. He's done all the great things with like, you know, uh, name, a, name a comedian. He's done it. You know what I mean? As far as like been on shows with the guy, done everything, whatever. And the one thing he talks about in like one of his like weekly calls that he does is like there's a purge going on within the world. Like spiritually, like there's more people pretty much getting in tune with their higher selves and being more aware because they've had the, this pandemic take everything away from them. So now they have no choice but to really connect to their very highest self. Because mm -hmm. once you get eliminate all the distractions, all the stuff and everything, the, the world is actually purging itself right now. Rather than you just looking at it like, oh, I want things the way they used to be. Why don't you look at it like, oh, well, this is an opportunity to get all the negative crap out of my way. So whatever I'm getting into could be that much better. And that's how I look at pro wrestling with everything with the hashtag speaking out movement and everything. I feel like by – eliminating all the distractions and the grind of all the shows and the this and the that because it's just a constant live event entertainment business go 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 when you put a dead halt onto that and all these things get brought up and all these uh old paradigms and conditions that got brought up that you and i have have, have heard about to an extent where it's like we don't we might not know the details, but you'll hear a rumbling about, oh, this person is not the most nice person or, oh, this person's a little iffy or somebody will, oh, excuse me, somebody will always give an opinion about somebody, right? Well, when things get brought up enough in a, in a similar situation to where enough people have had certain bad things happen to them, I mean, I, I think if anything, this just proved that karma com do totally does affect inside pro wrestling because there was a while that I thought that karma – apparently just didn't get into the world of pro wrestling and mm -hmm. you know i i feel like with everything going on it should be lessons for everyone on either side of the fence whether you know they've they've been full support and been there for the victims and everything like that and even the people that created victims that did awful things that they should realize that their intentions and their mindset and everything's were wrong but that doesn't mean that they're bad people it's just they got away with bad things in my mind i believe everybody deserves a second chance and things of that nature, that doesn't mean that we that it blankets or it softens what they've done because if, if anyone's done something wrong, uh, they should be accountable for it. They yes. should be accountable and they should get help and move on with their life. And that's all that's all it is. And and I don't feel like that anybody really, you know, needs to be demonized for it to an extent, you know, but also at the same time have accountability for what you've done. And I feel like for the first time in in my whole tenure of pro wrestling, there's been more accountability for people in the pro wrestling business than there ever has before in the year 2020. So for the most part, um, I, I feel like it's been good and I, I'm all, I'm all for the change for the better because that's always been a goal of mine and just leave pro wrestling better than I found it. Right. And I can honestly tell you 
And, and hopefully, as of, as of right now, I believe that pro wrestling is a lot better than I found it due to the fact that everybody has came out and spoke out their true feelings and there's actions being taken in place to where it should be a comfortable work environment for anyone that comes into pro wrestling. There shouldn't be any kind of intimidation or if somebody is going to do something to me that's going to make me feel super uncomfortable in certain ways. You know what I mean? So I, I feel like it's all for the better. Yeah. You're 100% right. Like, that's the, that's the biggest thing. It's accountability, right? Yeah. People, you know, because there's, a, there's this, like, there's cancel culture. So, right, we want we, – someone does one thing wrong, and it's like, all right, shut them down. They're done. Right. You know, right. and that's the, that's the wrong way to approach the situation, right? There's 100% repercussions for your actions. There's 100% things need to be done to you because you did these things. But it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be able to – be happy again or be forgiven for what you did or create a better life through these things that, that you did, that you created. You can still be happy and live a life, but you have to be held accountable and there has to be repercussions for those mistakes and actions that you made instead of just being like, all right, you're done. Go off, leave planet Earth. We're done with you. Right, exactly. I, Tony Robbins said it best, man. Uh, it doesn't matter how thin you slice it. There's always two sides. Always. And the, that, once again, that's not trying to say anything or soften anything of anybody's actions that did wrong. But right. also at the same time as human beings, we make mistakes. We're flawed creatures, man. We really are. And if there's somebody out there that's been having a behavior or doing something that hasn't been right and it's been affecting a lot of people, now is the time for to take that accountability, learn from it, grow from it, and hopefully make something better off of it. You know what I mean? And I'm just, I'm just glad that a lot of people spoke up. And there's been a lot of good out of it. And, of course, other people will take a good movement and they'll apply it to their own agenda and try and demonize other people around it and stuff. And, I, and I, you know, it's one of those things that I don't really, like, not a fan of, but also at the same time, I know people's emotions are high because finally, once again, like, for the longest time, I felt that, you know, karma didn't affect pro wrestling or anything like that. And, and I was completely wrong, and thank God I'm wrong. Man, karma affects anyone, anytime, anywhere, man. So it's always about doing the right thing. Exactly. And so what do you think as wrestlers, as promotions, as people in the business that we can say, like, not only thank you, but, like, appreciate the people who spoke out to, like, create actual adequate change and not just, like, talk about it on Twitter, but actually have better, safer work environments? Yeah, absolutely. I think that I think that's more of just uh, I, I mean, there's a term that loosely gets thrown around and everything like that. But I, I feel like uh, I feel like I'm doing a better job of people that are inside this business, um, not not just the fans. And don't get me wrong. We all appreciate the fans because the, the fans are literally the lifeblood of pro wrestling. But I, I'll, I'll say a better job at policing the business from a locker room standpoint and from a promoter's standpoint. And, uh, you know, once again, it's, it's one of those things. I had this conversation with, with uh, a wrestler you and I both know to where, you know, we might not realize it. And I know I can definitely throw you in this because everybody thinks so highly of you. But, like, there's, we'll never realize, like, how many people look at us in a certain way, especially mm -hmm. through tenure in the business or what you've done in the business everything. And I, I feel like if there's, if there's men and women out there that have been in here for a while and have dealt with all the peaks and valleys of pro wrestling, that that should be the time to step up and just kind of lead by example as far as it, you know, going up. Because you know how it is in pro wrestling. It could be as just as small as somebody who's never been in the locker room before and, like, they're standing in the corner and they don't really know what to say to somebody. How is it going to go – you know, how can you make the business better by just going up and introducing yourself and making them feel welcome? 
Um, I know what it's like to go in a, in a locker room and not know anyone or go into a locker room where you're completely intimidated to where it's like, if, if you feel like someone sneezes, like, you'll actually, you know, poop, you'll crap yourself, or some <laughs> shit, you know, right? Like, I know that, like, intimidation factor and everything. So the best thing that I always do, and I do it at Row and I do it other places, is like, and you can see it. You can see, like, the physical, you know, somebody standing and their shoulders are cowered in, the chins, right. chins down, everything like that. And man or, man or woman, I'll go up to them and be like, hey, I'm Ryan. It's very nice to meet you, man. Hey, have you, have you met some other people over here? Like, come over here, man. Like, you know, you don't, you don't got to be over here, like – you know, those, the cafeteria, the school cafeteria lunch day where nobody knows where to sit. Hey, man, you can come sit by us. Come in, man. Like, it's all good. It's pro wrestling, man. Like, you know, it's all good. I, I feel like that should be a better job for people in the locker room and also the promoters as well. And also at the same time, and just like people keeping the awareness of it, that this is a business and we want more people to make this business thrive, especially now where pro wrestling is on life support, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And if we really care about pro wrestling, then these are the better things that need to be implemented to keep this business going. And I feel like it's just treating people better um, regardless. Yes. Leading uh, leading with kindness and a little bit more compassion, I think, for sure. I mean, that's always the answer. That's pretty much the answer for everything. Um, but, I mean, sometimes that's really hard, you know, when someone's not a good person. It's hard. But if right. we can that can be our initial thought, like lead with kindness, lead with compassion, then every, everything's going to be better. Like the environment to work in is going to be better. The shows that we run are going to be better. Fans are going to feel safe to bring their kids, obviously, because that's very important, you know. Right. Um, and then the whole business will get better. And then the indie scene will get better. We, I mean, we as indie wrestlers, this is my perspective, don't really have control over what corporate wrestling companies do or book or say. Like that is out of our, that's fully out of our control. And I wouldn't say we have... I mean, I don't have a lot of control over play wrestling companies. I don't run any wrestling companies, but I feel like I have a voice, right? And so my voice can carry a little bit of weight in terms of what I say and what I do, especially in the locker rooms that I'm in. And so that's when we have to do our part as an individual. We have an obligation to the people who spoke out to say, this is what we want to be better. And I won't work at this place if you don't do this. And just kind of value that and value ourselves and the people that we care for more than a payday or a booking or one show. Absolutely, man. And I, I feel, um, you know, one thing to touch on is like you can't control so much in pro wrestling. You know, a good, it's so cool to say he's a, he's a cool friend, of, like a good friend of mine, but like Stevie Richards uh, was the guy that pretty much told everyone. I think he was the guy that actually coined it. He's like, there's only three things that you can control in pro wrestling as a pro wrestler, and that is uh, your attitude, <laughs> how you look, and how you show up which is basically all basically uh, controls over your mindset, which, I mean, as far as you doing the You Are Love campaign, which is amazing and everything like that, it just goes to show you of just like how there needs to be more uh, open uh, and collaborative mindsets in pro wrestling rather than fixed ones that are closed and feel like, oh, this is the way it should always be, brother, brother. If you don't like it, get out. And there are certain things to where it's like, I like the tough aspects of the business to where you can kind of pretty much show people like if they really want it or not when it comes to the training and everything like that. But I don't feel like bullying or talking down to someone or anything like that. Like if somebody makes a mistake, then you let them know like, yo, you messed up, but here's how you can do to get better. Because normally it'd always be in pro wrestling to be like, well, you messed up. All right. Well, how do I fix that? Man, you just messed up learn from it and then you walk away and it's like what the what the fuck does that do <laughs> you know? right. it's like right. All right i fucked up so like there's certain things and old paradigms that could still work 
in this day and age, but more so than not, there's a lot of old paradigms that are completely like, you know, they, they just don't work in the year 2020, man. And, and we need, we need to make things new and to make things better, especially if we want progressing to grow. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm definitely with, uh, with you, man. Yeah. I mean, in the, in the training aspect, like training to be a pro wrestler is really hard. Like it's yeah. very hard, like just right. becoming an, even just an adequate pro wrestler is extremely difficult. Like, and so, I mean, I played baseball from age five to age 22. That's like 17 years of baseball. And at age, at year 16, so like my senior year of college, I finally said to myself, I'm like, oh, I feel like I'm pretty good. Right. So we all just expect this, like this, this transition into pro wrestling, whether you're coming from any other sport or you're just out of high school or wherever you're coming from, we just like expect to start training and then I'll just be, you know, I'll just happen so seamlessly and easy. But it's like really hard and training should be hard because being an actual pro wrestler, pro, is not an easy thing. And so that portion is important because when we wrestle someone, our lives are being put on the line. So I expect the person across from me in the ring to be a quality trained professional and to have gone through the exact measures that should be to considered a pro. And so, but the way you speak to someone during a training session is very important. That's why it's important to get to know them and understand how they get motivated. Like when I was playing baseball, someday it'd be cool if I'm practicing and I messed up and my coach would yell at me. I'd get fired up. I'd be like, all right, let's get it. Some right. people don't get motivated that way. So you have to understand people's uh, people's mindsets and how they operate. And that's and that takes the time. That's take getting to know someone, asking them how they are, how they're doing, how what their approach is. So when they do mess up, you have the ability then to coach them and correct them in a proper way where they feel empowered then to keep getting better. Absolutely, man. I mean, you know, uh, I know we'll probably talk about self-improvement and everything like that, but like, I mean, Tony Robbins says it, Wayne Dyer says it to where it's like when you get to know and learn different people, like everybody learns different. So you have people that learn uh, through hearing and then other people are visual and then other people are based on feel, you know, things of that nature. And I, I feel like the, the better that you could be an all around human being and people person that the way the <laughs> and implement that into the teachings of pro wrestling, then the business can't fail, man. And things are going to be a lot better. And I think more and more, the more talent that there is in pro wrestling, men and women, uh, the better, you know? So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Men or women, we all go through the same training. That's why the idea of intergender wrestling is very cool because we're all, we were all trained the same, you know, we're all taking the same bumps, going through the same experiences and our talent level should be, ex should be respected on the same level, regardless of, you know, what our gender may be. So that's why Absolutely. that's why I think intergender wrestling is cool. It's not for everyone. You don't have to like intergender wrestling. That's cool too. You don't have to like pro wrestling if you're listening to this podcast. Right. But the idea is that people are working hard and when they do work hard and they put in the effort, their talent should be respected. That doesn't mean you have to like it. Yeah, you know, and there's certain things going back to what you can control. And I'm glad you brought up like the intergender wrestling part, because these are conversations that I have with like other people uh, on both sides of the fence, man or female. Uh, so it, it, it's always an interesting thing. I can tell you right now, my standpoint in intergender wrestling is that I love intergender wrestling. I think it's a, I think it's a genre of wrestling that can really make some money if it's done right. And what do I say by done right? Is that by going in there and really telling a story and telling a story based off on like our societal views about man versus woman, because it's always these different things of like the man's superior, or the woman's this, or the woman's this or that, or whatever everybody's standpoint can be. And we can tell stories through that in an entertaining way and it can work. Like, I don't really get people that are like, no, it should always be this set way, that set way. 
like really pro wrestling, like even though it's a sport endeavored uh, collaboration, like it's pretty much just open to anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I don't, I, I can tell you my, my time in Japan, I saw some intergender matches with like some of the top level, like men main eventers that are wrestling these girls in these mixed intergender tags. And I can tell you, it's probably some of the best pro wrestling I'm sure. I've ever seen. I'm sure. And it's phenomenal. And I can tell you every time that I've stepped in there with a lady, uh, I, I, you know, I did a Harley race camp to where what got me noticed being one of the top guys there was that I wrestled a girl from Italy that didn't know any English. Her name was Miss Monica. She didn't know any English. And we just went in there and worked. And I wouldn't have been able to have that or to get that viewpoint that would actually help me and elevate my career if I had that mindset of, no, it should be man and man and woman and woman. Like, everybody can, you know, everybody, wrestling is just subjective in general. But I feel like if, you know, if it's if it's sweet to somebody, then it's not so bad. It's like ice cream, right? It's like, it might not be your flavor, but it's sweet to somebody. So that doesn't mean that we should get rid of it or downgrade it or whatever. Like, I, I can't stand, like, peanuts in my ice cream, but... Somebody might like peanuts in their ice cream. Sure, somebody does, for sure. It's pro wrestling. We all got these flavors, man. Let's just go out and enjoy it, man. So I'm all for some intergender wrestling, for sure. Sweet. Yeah, good, good. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, that's. I think that's enough wrestling talk. We'll probably get – maybe we'll get back to it. Maybe we won't. I don't know. (laughs) Right on. Um, but I want to, I want to kind of dive into your mindset a little bit. Um, I feel like you're, you're a very optimistic, positive person, um, from our conversations and just getting to know one another. Um, question number one would be, what's your kind of general definition of a positive, optimistic mindset and when and kind of did you develop it? Um, so I'll, I'll answer that first part. What I believe a good, a good mindset and positive and, you know, being a positive, optimistic person uh, is really just more of the fact of just always looking at things uh, as what they are and always looking at things of how good they can be, you know, because you have a choice. You can either just look at something really bad or you can look at something really good. I think Colt Cabana told a great story about like being positive, being optimistic on one of his podcasts where like the guy was like, hey, man, you got two buses. You can be on the bus that complains or you can be on the happy bus, man. It's much more fun to be on the happy bus. I can't remember who told him this, but he tells this story all the time. And that's how I feel about like with life. And, you know, I, I understand that, you know, things happen and everything because we can only control so much in life. Right. Mm-hmm. So as far as like the negativity and stuff like that, I feel like those things are absolutely needed and they should be appreciated. They shouldn't be suppressed or anything like that. But also at the same time, it's like one of those things where like every negative situation is an opportunity for something better. It really, really is. If you just sit there and look at it. And I, I feel like the definition of a positive mindset and being optimistic and everything, it all comes down to your perspective, your absolute perspective on everything, because that can literally change your whole life. And it did for me and how I developed it was, you know, I, I got into development like basically like in the mid 2000s. I had a girlfriend at that time that was like doing sales and she was all like, Hey, have you seen this movie, The Secret? And like, I'm just like, what's that? And then I watched it and I was like, oh, this is, you mean if I can think about a Ferrari, it will happen? You know, that's what like my mindset at that time, right? But then when you dive deeper into it and stuff like that, and what it really actually means, like the law of attraction, putting attentions out there and stuff like that, it just, to me, it just manifested into so much better content to where if you actually apply it rather than just know everything, if you actually apply it, then your life changes. So like, that's what happened to me. And as I was trying to go on through my journey and get this thing going and everything, and don't get me wrong, like I'm still like 
you know, not the best mindset at those times and everything like that coming through the years. But uh, March 3rd, 2017 um, changed my life forever when I got in this massive car wreck in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, it was bad enough to where I shouldn't have walked away. And I did. And not only did I walk away, I walked away without a scratch. And then everybody else involved, they had nothing happen. I mean, it was a horrific multi-vehicle car wreck that involved like two 18-wheelers, a giant moving truck, a Ford Expedition, and my and my uh, 2008 beautiful blue Dodge Chevy. I mean, not Dodge Chevy, excuse me, Dodge Ram truck that I miss so, so much to this day. Um, but it was one of those things that happened to me, man, that um, really turned my life around because I was like, holy crap, like that was – there was really a, a, a part of me that died in that truck and it really did. And I, I, I hit a guy uh, going over 65 miles an hour at a dead stop. Uh, some car cut off an 18 wheeler and the 18 wheeler slammed on its brakes and all these vehicles crashed into each other. And I just took my road off my eyes off the road for a split second. I was looking at my gas gauge just see how much gas I had left to get to a gas station and boom. And that was it. And then, uh, you know, I get through that accident. Okay. Everything's fine. And then like about a month or two later down in reality wrestling, we do these, um, we do these events at these hospitals, like tier hospital for like, uh, it's like quadriplegics or people that are paralyzed and things like that. So we'll go in and we'll have like MMA fighters and, and pro wrestlers and stuff. And we'll go and visit patients and, you know, and hang out with them for the day and just like, you know, give them a by tens and just say what's up to them and talk to them and everything like that. And it was the coolest thing. And I had this, uh, I had this one kid, he was 19 years old. He was from uh, Shreveport, Louisiana. And he, uh, brain damage, neck broken, probably would never walk again. His mom was there. And I'm just seeing the look on her face of her son dealing with this. And she's just trying so hard to just see the good and everything. And I talked to her and, you know, she was very open about everything. Very sweet lady. And she told me that, you know, what happened to him was that he was, you know, going to the gas station to grab a Coke. And it rained outside earlier and the streets were wet. And his brakes weren't so good on his car. And he was only going about 25 miles an hour. And he went to brake, but he slid off the road. He nudged a tree that was by the gas station. But it was enough for a branch to break off, smash down on the top of his vehicle, and broke his neck and gave him permanent brain damage. And he could never walk again. He's 19 years old. So I, I listened to this about month and a half two months after my wreck to where i was going 65 miles an hour mm-hmm. <laughs> took my eyes off the road for a split second i hit multiple vehicles and without even a scratch and it was one of those things where it it was really tough because it was like well, why him and why me and why not me and why not him right 19 kid was 19 you know at that time so I was like, I went in my car after the event was in, and I bawled in my car for like literally like two hours, like in the parking lot, just cried, 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 cried. And it, it realized for that then that I'd like, I'm here for a reason. And, and I have one shot at this life and, and we're all mortal human beings. We're all going to die one day, unfortunately, but also fortunately, because it gives us a, a perspective to go out and try and tackle each day as much as cliche as it is. And we hear it all the damn time. You know, all these Instagram things and stuff, but it's so true. It absolutely is. And it impacted my life so much. And that's how I developed my mindset, man. Of just, if there's any way that I can leave this world a better place than I found it and make others better. And it's not for any kind of like egotistical standpoint, man. It's just you knowing that putting out those good vibes, it's a ripple effect, man. And it just, uh, it really truly can make the world a better place. And ever since then, my mind was changed. Um. Yeah, um, I uh, basically feel the exact same way, you know, after I lost my sister, right? It's like, 
certain certain moments, certain things in your life really they put everything in a very clear perspective. They, yep. you know, everything you thought might have been important or what you might have been grateful for, like completely changes. Yeah. And you know, I mean, so I'm, I mean, I'm currently obviously on still on my journey of, you know, grieving of pain of loss, but I have also grown a deeper appreciation for every day that I'm alive Absolutely. and every day that I can smile and be happy and have these conversations and be with my friends. Uh, you know, even in times like this, where we're in a pandemic, like I, I'm still finding ways to be very grateful and happy just in general about life, you know, and, and it, and it really is difficult to digest that we have to go through something so awful, whether it's your situation, my situation, or anyone's terrible situation they went through to kind of realize that this life is so, so precious. Um, but we as humans have a really hard time changing unless adversity is put in our way. Absolutely. That's why right now during this pandemic, so much stuff is happening for the good changing for the better, but it's very hard. We're going through a lot of hard stuff. Yeah. You know, like sure. with, with inequality and all these other things that are just very difficult to digest, but they need to happen. And so a lot of that is just really hard to comprehend because like, I wish people would realize that before something bad happens to them. Cause you know, the negative things and the, and the traumatic events and the painful experiences are like a part of life. But if yeah. we're already kind of like emotionally resilient and, in a in a mindset of, that's already appreciative of life we're going to be able to handle those a lot better than you know if we weren't you know because i mean i i mean obviously after i lost my sister right, i took a bit of a downward spiral like it's kind of there's not really any way around it right that's just like right. this but right i was able to pull myself out of it because i had kind of done some of this stuff through like baseball and and mental health and mental fitness through all that stuff but right yeah man I'm, I'm I'm with you, buddy, and I can tell you flat out, losing someone so close to you, especially like a family member or best friend or anything, it, it's never the easiest thing. And and trust me, I I know I said it to you before a couple times, uh, but I you know I'll say it again. I'm very sorry for your loss, and I know that's really really tough. And uh, but I there's there's one thing that I and this is something real personal since you want to be open and everything. Um, this this is something lately, especially since this uh, this pandemic has started, that there's this idea, and it's pretty controversial. So, like I, you know, it, it, when I say it, I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm, you know, like it's just a blanket statement or anything. But if you really sit down and you think about it, it's a painful thing to really think about, but also it's very necessary. And what I'm getting at is, is that I, there's a phrase I always tell myself whenever something good or bad happens, right? Either something that I love. Or something that I just, I, oh my God, I wish this never happened. And the one thing that I tell myself is that everything is perfect. Everything is perfect. And the reason why that is, if you sit there and think about it, you're like, how can you say that when people are dying, when people are doing this, or someone, you lose a loved one, or there's this, or there's a, there's a tsunami that kills people, or, you know, something inappropriate happens, or whatever. Everything's perfect because I really honestly believe that there's situations and things that have to happen, unfortunately, necessary evils to be to bring out the betterment and change. It's like when you look at, you know, a butterfly when you're in a cocoon and it turns into a butterfly, you have to go through that struggle and then that cocoon to break free and really spread your wings and go, right? 
And nobody wants to deal with death. Nobody should ever have to live in a world of if they're ever going to wonder if they're going to get their next meal or if, they're, if there's a lot of disease around or they're in poverty or things of that nature. But, and it's a really hard thing. And it's not something that you're always going to agree with. But most of the time, when it comes to appreciating the good and the bad, I know I can look back on my life and know that, like, it really sucked that I didn't have the best childhood and I didn't have uh, important adult figures in my life that left me, that chose to leave me, that was really developed a lot of worthiness issues and all this other stuff. But I'm so grateful that that happened because for me going through all that shit and all that loss, it makes me go out of my way to make people feel more appreciated or to be the nice guy or to really seek out that positive content because going through that shit, I don't want anybody to go through that struggle. So I want to go out and try and reciprocate more positive vibes. Tony Robbins was the same way of him dealing with shit. And he's like, I don't want anybody to ever feel that way to where once again, everything's perfect. Like, and that's so hard because people can automatically go, well, what do you mean? Like I lost this person. Like I love this person. They were, they died too young or there's this or that. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. But there's also things that if you look at the bigger picture of things, like those losses will will have you realize and develop into a person that you can make this world a better place, whether they were in it or not. And it's, it's such a hard thing to deal with because there's times where I tell myself that and I'm like, bullshit, this, this isn't perfect. This is bullshit. This sucks. But if you really sit down and you breathe and you get connected with, to your higher self, there's always a reason for these things to happen, to mold you, to put you on a better path, to try and go after your higher self as best you can. All the troubled times, down moments to where you finally have that moment enough is enough and you want to take that best foot forward you had to go through all that shit to make that decision and if you didn't go through that shit who knows where your life would have been right so it's that's something that personally helps me out and i know i've gone on a long tangent but when it comes to to things of like my wreck or when somebody loses a loved one I honor that loss and i don't you know a lot of people like to suppress it or they'll use toxic positivity you know, like, oh, man, just get over it. Stay on the grinds. Like, no, you need to, like, fucking be with that pain for a second because mm-hmm. you need to honor that pain. You need to be with it. And when you're with it and you bring honor to it, then you can basically let it go and just let it flow into your life. And, like, that's okay because you're going to recognize that pain from somebody else and you'll know exactly how to handle that and then be there for that person because we're all connected, right? So that's, that's something that I recently learned because I was a toxic positivity guy because I thought that was the right thing to do. But then there's there's more levels to it. But anyways, like I said, the, the best way that I can handle good and bad situations, I just try to tell myself and take deep breaths and go that everything's perfect. This is what this is what it needs to be. There's a bigger lesson to this, the good or the bad. And it, it's tough. It's not fucking easy. I'm not going to sit there and say, oh, Ryan says everything's perfect. I solved life. I'm like, no, like the shit's going to suck. But also at the same time, it's like just realize there's always a, a bigger awareness to what's going on to you. And your job is to find that and act on it. Yes, that's beautiful. Very well said, my friend. Cool, man. Um, yeah, I think you you hit positivity or optimism really well in that last bit there. Like, <clears throat> because like my view, and you basically said it just without saying it, but my view of positivity or optimism is that mm-hmm. bad shit. I'll give you an example. I'll, I'll give you a story for an example. Very easy story. Right. Cool. You're at a restaurant eating food. Me and you are out to eat. I order a sandwich. Waiter brings me the sandwich. Sandwich visibly looks terrible. It's it's moldy. It's just like a bad sandwich. They brought it out maybe on accident. Whatever happened, but they brought me a bad sandwich. Now, someone who is 
uh, toxically positive will just stomach the sandwich and eat it and won't say anything. I'll tell the waiter it was great. Someone who's actually positive or optimistic about the future or like in their own, in their, has a good mind frame will look at the sandwich and be like, uh, excuse me, sir, the sandwich obviously doesn't look good. <laughs> can you please take it? Can you please take it back? And then bring me another one while I'm sitting there waiting for my sandwich to come. I fully 100% believe that the next sandwich that he puts down on my table is going to be fucking excellent. That's what positivity is. You can, that, you can say that something isn't good, but you don't like something, or things are hard, or they're bad, or you're in a shit situation. But you know that there's light at the end of the tunnel, that things can get better, that there's brighter pastures. That's positivity. That's optimism. It's not just saying, all right, everything's great. All right, cool. I'm happy. Well, because eh. then you're just like, you're shoving things down, and then... And then something really bad will happen, and then you kind of spiral, and then it takes way more work to look inward and kind of pull yourself out of it. So that's that's the, usually the example that I give. Bro, that's an awesome example, man. And there, and there's so many lessons to it too that you have to be aware of what you say and the intentions you put out there, because you know you might not even realize it, but if you're if you're trying to self improve yourself, an intention can be, oh, I'm working. I I need to be more patient, so I want to work on my patience. Careful what you say. The universe is like, all right, patience, all right. I'm going to give you a shitty sandwich, and we're going to see how your patience is. Positive. <laughs> All right, here's some mold and a cockroach in that sandwich because someone's right. paying attention. Let's see where your patience is at. You know, and it's one of those – it's crazy things, but there's always always a bigger purpose for it. And that's such a great sandwich analogy, man. I, I love that so much, man. So, yeah, what, I'm not sure – yeah, I'm not sure. I've obviously heard it from another podcast because I listen to a lot of podcasts. Obviously, I read a lot of stuff, right? That's obviously why – I mean, I'm a novice, super novice when it comes to mindset and all this stuff, but yeah. I try to talk about it enough so that I can try to fully grasp it and understand it, which is like, the, this is why, how I learn, basically. Um, but uh, in terms of like personal development or content or who you like really study, who are some of your go-to people? Man, so I can always talk about the classics like Wayne Dyer, Tony yeah. Robbins, Zig Ziglar, you know, everybody talks about Napoleon Hill and all these other different things. Uh, to me, like the biggest, I, I can tell you like some of the biggest guys for sure. And, and it's kind of like back and forth because it really depend on taste. But like right now I mentioned him before, Kyle Cease is a big guy. If anybody I need to check him out. Kyle Cease is great. I mean, uh, he's got a lot of uh, phenomenal content, really good. Uh, you know, I, I personally met and went to a seminar of, uh, Eric Thomas, ET, the hip hop preacher, like about mm -hmm. a few years ago always been a big fan of ET because he reminds me of like all my football coaches, mm. like one dude, you know what I mean? So he's like an ultimate motivator. So like, I'm a big fan of his, but like, you know, there's other things too. Like right now, the, the current audio book I'm in is uh, David Goggins, You Can't Hurt Me, you know? And uh, I feel like that's really good to where it's like, he's that like tough, hard nosed, like warrior of a guy that's like, Quit being a pussy. Be on your shit. And it's not like he's like name calling and talking down to yourself, but there's a lot of truth to it to where it's like, hey, man, in those times where it's like, yeah, you can always love yourself, but you always need to challenge yourself as well and push yourself to be better and realize when things are shit, they're shit. But it's not about avoiding the shit. It's about, about getting through it. Right. So he's very good on doing stuff like that. Uh, I actually have this next to me. Uh, good buddy, Rex Andrews. This is the uh, Brennan Burchard, his. Uh, high performance planner that's another guy that i've been into brennan burchard who does like a lot of productivity and things of that nature uh he's really really good so it's it's always stuff that i like and i'm, I'm with you i'm the same way like how you just said podcasts and books and things of that nature i'm always constantly just trying to get you know good content in my mind but also at the same time 
try not to be like what I uh, somebody coined this phrase called a success zombie to where like all you do is you just consume all this positive content, but you don't use it. And you're the guy that, oh, I know everything, but I don't do anything. You know, and I'll admit, like a few years ago, I was that guy. Like you could tell me, oh, I know this. Here's the three steps to that. And you make your your RPM plan and all this other shit. But like I didn't I didn't I didn't do any of it. And then it took a car wreck and Def to look at me right in the face and go, hey, you want to start living your life now for me to actually go, oh, I should probably start writing all this shit down and doing the work. You know what I mean? So um, that's in, in a small way, a lot of the um, just a, a lot of the different content that I get into, man. Uh, I know you had him on our previous uh, episode, but Mick Drake, a uh, good buddy of mine, he reads a lot. I always talk with him. Hey, bro, what books are you reading? Because like he he's he's crazy. He reads like a book a day or book like every like two or three days. It takes me like a week, two weeks to read a book, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm always in with him of just like, hey, what's good content? What's this? What's that? And uh, just try and grow as much as I can, man. And just really be focused in that ju- that journey. At 35, I feel like I got a whole nother whole nother uh, 55, 65 years to go, man. Hopefully you know, technology and medicine, maybe I'll be like, you know, Futurama where they'll put my head in a glass jar and I can like live for like, I don't know, a while. I don't know, some crazy shit, but uh, it's all about the journey, man. And just trying to get as much content as I can. Yeah, exactly. All right. I got a couple things from what you said. First off, quick, real quick question. How's Rex Andrews? Cause I missed that guy. Is he doing good? He's another guy that just had COVID man and got through it. Uh, him, him and his fiance, he's new, he's newly engaged. I'm very Beautiful. happy. Yes, his fiance, uh, Dr. Taylor, she's a very nice lady. Uh, and Rex is doing good, man. His Pathway Fitness uh, gym out there in Kingwood, Texas, man, it's it's rocking, man. He's got a couple of clients that have shown some amazing progress, man. I think one guy, I think within like nine months, lost like over 100 pounds by doing Rex's program. Another lady lost like, I think, 60 pounds, I think. Don't quote me on that, but a substantial amount of weight. Like he's doing really well and you know, as a gym owner, you know, he's fighting through the pandemic and they had to shut right. down and open up and they're keeping their sanitation, you know, practices on the up and up. But, from, you know, I just talked to him the other day and he's doing well, man. He's he's doing great. And he got past COVID flying colors and just a good guy, man. Good dude. Very good guy. Um, also, what was that planner that you just pulled out? I, I'm, yeah, I'm looking for a called, notebook to write in. And so this, uh, is called, this is called the High Performance Planner. I don't know if you can see that. Uh, it's the High Performance Planner. It's by Brendan Bouchard. Uh, you know, I'll send you some info at the end of it. But, dude, it's it's really, really cool. Mick Drake actually has one of these because I hit him up and I he, he put a picture. Oh, I saw it on his on story. Yeah. Yeah. And I sat there and I go, is that the High Performance? He's like, hell yeah, it is. I'm like, wow, there you go. But, like, dude, it's 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 good stuff, man. And, like, it gives you things, too, to where it's like, it's you do like weekly reviews to where like you grade yourself. Like, did you manage your energy? Well, were you intentional this week? All these other different things. And I can tell you, I've gone through plenty of planners and journals and some have been very effective. Some have, you know, eh, I'll do them for a week or two. And then it's like, whatever. And that's part of my fault as far as just not staying consistent with it. But I can tell you ever since I've gotten this, uh, it's, I've been a lot more consistent day-to-day on using that that i have on a lot more than the other uh planners and journals i've used so i'd recommend it uh for sure i think you get on amazon it's like uh like like 20 bucks i think 15 20 bucks maybe something like that so yeah man um and then yeah like on on like just like consuming a lot of content but not actually putting in the work um gary vaynerchuk says uh a lot of stuff about that 
he puts out a, a lot of content. Some I agree with, some I don't. Some of the stuff he right. says is a little is a little not my taste, but whatever. He's got a good following, and he and he preaches happiness and kindness. So I can't, uh, you know, I can't be mad at the guy. I respect the hustle and the work. But Absolutely. he says like, if all you're doing is watching my videos and then not doing any of the work, they're really not working. So you got to consume, understand, and then do. Absolutely, man. I could I couldn't agree with you more. And that's also the other thing too. Like I'm glad you said this to where I wanted to kind of touch this up on for anybody that's listening. Like if you got like an influencer or somebody out there that you really like their content and everything like that, and they say a lot of good stuff, also know that they're a human being too. And they're going to say something that you might not agree with. And a lot mm -hmm. of people are just like, oh, they made that one post about whatever. So now I don't like them anymore. Like, it's okay. They're a human being. Like, they can have a different opinion on stuff. But if there's more good than the bad, then give them a follow. And hopefully their content, which they're doing for free, will help you benefit yourself or others. And then you just go on your merry way, right? So right. I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people have that thing where it's like, Oh, I like that person, but that one thing he said two years ago, or that one thing she said like last week, it's like, come on, man. Like, we're human beings. Like, God knows I, <laughs> I'll say something stupid, and then hopefully, you know, it doesn't affect anything. But what I'm getting at is we're all human beings, man. We all, we all make mistakes sometimes. So, it's all right. Fun. Yeah. I've said uh, absurd amounts of stuff that I wish I never did, but like, I'm learning from that, right? And I'm trying to grow from that and be better from that. But also when you're like consuming someone's content via the internet, you don't actually know this human. Like, right. Like, and so, right. you know, you can kind of tell through people's content and their videos, how authentic and genuine they're being, which is then why I would consume someone's content. Cause I can kind of feel that vibe, but I don't yeah. know what they're doing or who they are personally or what they're like. So I'm like, I like your content. It's good. I read, watched the video, listened to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm going to go try to implement it in my own life. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, one one other influencer I want I want to kind of slide in there real quick or uh, motivator is a guy, and it's always funny because when I say his name, people are like the wrestling journalist. No, but it's uh, this guy named David Meltzer. Yes, I knew you were going with that one. Right, it's not Dave Meltzer. And I actually met David. I met him when I got back overseas in late 2018. I met him in Austin. It was a spontaneous thing. I'm going to be in Austin for a few hours. If anybody wants to come hang out and have some barbecue with me, I'll be at this place between the hours of this and this. It was like me and six other guys that were there. And we showed up. There he was. He hung out with all of us. We ate, paid for everything. And like out of that, I met a guy uh, named Alberto, who's actually like a guy that trains like, uh, I think he, I think six or seven of his clients were like former, like Olympian contestants in bodybuilding. And uh, he really helps me out with a nutritional plan because before the pandemic, uh, I said it in a previous podcast, but I was actually preparing for a WWE tryout mm. and I was getting in shape and losing weight. But I'm like, well, who do I go to? I went to Alberto that had all this knowledge of just like, hey, do this, cut in this way. You'll be fine. And his methods obviously work because if you take one look at him, like this guy's just jacked, right? And everything, but what I'm getting at is, and going back to what we talked about before, it's like if I didn't take that spontaneous action and meet David, and then through David, I met Alberto, which Alberto gave me the knowledge to get me ready for something that could really change my life with the WWE tryout, whatever, even though it didn't pan out, obviously, but with the pandemic. But at the same time, it's like you never know, like we go back to the ripple effects, like you don't know, like where it's going to lead you and how, like, one good person and what they do can ripple effect into other people that can help them out in other different ways, you know, and it's, it's, there's so many different experiences to it, but David Meltzer, uh, phenomenal. Like if you're entrepreneurial mindset, like Gary Vaynerchuk, 
great guy, very, very high on the spirituality, mindfulness, yeah. things of that nature. I mean, the guy's content's great. And what was cool is that I, when I released the picture, like, you guys might not know who this is, but, you know, this Dave Meltzer, he's like a guy I look up to. I had like six wrestlers that were like, oh, you know David Meltzer? I'm like, oh, shit. So now I'm like closer to those guys because I didn't even know that they looked at his content like that. You know what I mean? And it was really cool. So I wanted to throw love, him in there. Yeah, I yeah, I love David Meltzer, man. He's awesome. And I love that, how that it can create a connection between people. It's so nice like that, you know? Yeah, he calls it, uh, he has a term for it where like whenever like, he, he's a master of like uh, getting the most productivity out of like time, right? So yeah, right. He believes in like the 520 rule. He's like, a phone call shouldn't be longer than five minutes and a personal meeting shouldn't be longer than 20 minutes. He's like, I'll do anyone's podcast. It's just not going to be longer than 20 minutes because I always have to effectively manage my time. But he'll, what I'm getting at is, is that he'll, he said he'll get a lot of people like, hey, let's uh, set up for a meeting. Let's do this. Let's do that. If he gets a bunch of people at one time, to set up a meeting to where it's like, hey, I run this type of market or I'm in this type of business or anything like that, he'll go and hold court to where he's like, hey, all you guys that want to meet with me, let's go meet at this one location during the hours of one to three and we can all network and get to know each other and then we can talk and everything like that and then I got to get out. But by knowing that, you can actually link up with somebody else that shows up to that and go, oh, crap, I've been looking for a marketing guy or, oh, I've been looking for a, you know, for this type of person or whatever. And that's how things work out. But I think it's really cool. And I never looked at anything like that before. But also, like in pro wrestling, like it's also that way when you do tryouts or you go do seminars and stuff like that, like you need to go out and like network with the men and women like, oh, you work in this side of the country oh how's it that over there okay bet hey here's my number here's this here's that you know and then you go off from there so there's a lot of benefits to it yeah i mean it's just about creating that conversation especially if you're like a young wrestler who is just going to the show right you're putting in the effort to get in the car with someone you're setting up the ring don't don't let that hard work of actually going and doing something go to waste by not speaking to anyone it doesn't have to be the promoter right you may get a handshake from him he may say thanks for setting up the ring he may not you know you don't know really but there's other wrestlers in the locker room that'd be more willing to chat you up or set you up or give you a phone number, an email, or come to this show or whatever. Because we 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 understand that I think more than maybe a promoter does. I don't know. But if I mean I'm not haven't been in the business very long, right? But if if I'm at a show and I see someone, you know, doing the ring, I'm I'm gonna help with the ring anyways. But my point is that if they come right. talk to me and they ask me for advice or whatever the case may be, I'm gonna try to set them up where I can because I feel like that's a person I want to be around. You know, he's putting an effort in and he or she is putting an effort and there's like some initial wanting to be there. And I like that. So don't let that go to waste, right? Have conversations. It can be nerve wracking and very intimidating, but, and it's very scary at times, but you got to face those fears and just make those connections. Absolutely, man. Very, very well said, dude. Well said. Um, but uh, yeah, I want to ask you like maybe one more question. Dude, take your time. I, I know you got a time set on this episode and everything, but bro, I'm in no rush to go anywhere. So ask away, my man. All right, good. Um, are you, uh, I mean, I know, I know, uh, like when you get to kind of dive into the mindset stuff, you kind of get spiritual, but do you, do you consider yourself a spiritual person or a religious person? So, uh, I used to be extremely religious when I was a lot younger and I would say that my faith, uh, as far as being a Christian or anything, I definitely wouldn't say it is diminished by any mean, uh, but I do question it at times just on different things. Now, just because I question it doesn't mean I look at it at a negative standpoint or whatever. I have no problem going to church. I have no problem seeing any kind of religious content. 
or anything is of that nature. I really, really don't. But as far as my spirituality goes, like I'm very more of a uh, of a positive, like uh, very much of a vibration energy type type of guy to where like I kind of hold hold toward onto that and just know that um, you know like attracts like. People want to label it as law of attraction, things of that nature. But I believe in like good intentions, good vibrations, good energy. Uh, breath work, meditation, things of that nature. Um, you know, I, I try not to put a label on it because like there's a lot of different practices that work really well. Like there's practices from from Buddhism, there's practices from Judaism, Christianity, things of that nature. Like there's all these different things that are all very positive to someone that can actually really help them. So to answer your question, I'm kind of all over the place and on sure. a journey, but I, I feel like that's really, really good because like for me, like I believe there's a lot of good religions out there and different ones. And I feel like if there's any path that anybody needs to go on to be a, to be their highest self, then I'm all for it, regardless of what anybody wants to label it as. Uh, but I do believe in a, uh, a higher intelligence that there is a supreme being. There's a creator for sure. And there's a, there is a, uh, there's a purpose for everyone's life. Uh, regardless of how people look at things, remember going back to perspective. So that's kind of where I'm at on everything. I just do meditation and breath work every day as best I can and journal and all that other stuff. Some days are better than others, but other sure, yeah. I just, it's more of just keeping the, um, the mental faculties in tune, I guess, you know, because I'm, I'm a human being like anybody else who dealt with anxiety and had old paradigms of worthiness issues and and you know all this other negative self-talk and all these other different things you know and everybody's story is different man so i just try and keep my story and on the best page uh as much as possible yeah um i mean i know the people viewing this show probably have viewed your you are love that you did a few months back not a few months i don't even know how long ago it was now at this point and i had the worst mustache in the history of mustaches <laughs> god Dude, I look at that and I'm like, I'm so glad I did that video, but dude, I look like a schmuck. <laughs> I watched I watched one of the Mission Impossibles. I think it was the latest one. I'm a big Mission Impossible guy, like Mission Impossible, Indiana Jones, Born Identity. Like I, I love all that shit, right? Ooh, I got a question there for you next. Yeah, yeah. So so anyways, I there was the one, it was the latest one, I think it was Fallout, and it had Henry Cavill on there, the guy that played Superman. Yeah. And he, you know, he had this very GQ gentleman look and he had like the three o'clock shadow from the side of his face and his chin, and he had this big burly mustache. And I'm like, man, that's a suave look. Like I like that look. It's a pandemic, we're not wrestling right now. I want to change my facial hair, I need to change something, so screw it. So I went and tried to copy that and it was an epic failure and then i had to do the ur love video so i'm like all right so i just look like some like not trying to be judgmental but i just look like something that i'm not like this country boy hit guy like, <laughs> yo you are love ron davidson <laughs> i'm like jesus guys like i was just sitting there like i gotta i gotta grow this beard back like asap so <laughs> funny story with that but yeah that, that thank you for letting me do that video man i thought that was really cool yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so obviously, like, even on a, on a journey of opening up our minds and trying to connect to a higher self and being one with, like, the flow of the universe, that the, the negative self-talk, the, you know, thinking that we're not enough, the, you know, the, all that stuff is going to pop into our head. But I think what uh, allows me to catch it is that I'm conscious of those thoughts. You know, because we have so many thoughts throughout the day that we're not conscious of. But if I can really understand what I'm, my thought pattern is, I can then think about it, kind of 
slow my breath down and try to replace those thought patterns with something more productive or more positive. And so. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. And you know, that awareness takes practice, man. It really, really does. And you know, that's just the, that's where they call the practices like meditation. It's a practice journaling. It's a practice, uh, you know, practicing different religions and the aspects of the religions, whatever you follow, like those are practices of just getting those reps in going back to what we talked about earlier with actually doing the work. Like your mind is a muscle. It really is. The more reps you get into controlling your mind and being more aware of your mind, the stronger it is, you know? So it comes with digesting good content and then applying that content for sure. Right. Yeah. All of this, I say this almost every podcast because I don't want to ever make it sound like it's easy. Like none of this is easy. It's so hard. You have to put in constant work every day and you slowly, and then slowly the world around you will just magically turn into like this new great reality for you. And that's the beautiful part about it. Um, So, yeah, I mean, basically none of it works unless you do. So you have to put in the work, but know that it's hard. And even those little steps that you take, the little progress that you make is still really, really important. Can you hear me? Because I'm making a a headphone change because my my Apple – little uh headphones are dying on me of course they have to die on this podcast or they're about to die so i'm putting in some actual headphones so you can hear me so you can hear me good still oh yeah yeah you're good we're good to go awesome cool just making sure so love steve Um, jobs but come on steve jobs make some things that charge a little longer that last a little longer it's all i'm asking it's only been like an hour (laughs) i know right (laughs) um but in terms of your uh in terms of meditation how how deep are you into that into the journey of meditation so I've been meditating off and on since 2016. Um, okay. it, it was it was something that I kind of got into. I don't know how I fell into it. I think it was listening to enough podcasts, uh, another podcast, and I'm a real big fan of that. Really opened the door for a lot of people that I really follow was uh, Lewis House's podcast. Amazing, yeah, greatness, yeah, awesome podcast, right? So I think it was enough of that, and I heard something about Headspace on one of the podcasts, so I got into it. So I've been a Headspace member since 2016. Wow. And from 2017 to late 2018, even when I was traveling with wrestling and stuff like that, I, I, I meditated every day for a year um, and did that whole streak thing or whatever because you get these little – badge ribbons whatever and uh you know it's it's a practice because you know you always start off a meditation where it's like sit still for 10 minutes that's terrifying like what's going to go on in my head like i'm trying to get these thoughts out of my head i can't like sit there and be with it but going back to what we talked about earlier like being with that pain not suppressing it like you have to allow these things to come up because you're like emotionally and mentally going to the bathroom basically and releasing and getting all this crap out of you. So you need to go mentally take a shit and get this stuff out of you. If I need to put it in terms that are pretty gross, sorry for that. But you know, those are, those are the ways that like I kind of look at it with developing thoughts and, and I've grown from it too, man, to where usually every day consistently I'm anywhere between 20 to 30 minutes a day. My goal is to get to an hour a day. Like I feel like an hour, which I've done uh, quite a few times meditating straight for an hour. Um, at first it was really scary. Cause it's like, how am I going to sit still for an hour? But then it happens, and then you're just so mindful because you'll go into a meditation thinking, and it's important for me to do it first thing in the morning. So when I do it, I'll feel like, all right, I got this, I got that, I got to hit the gym before I go to work, and then I got that, and then I got to roll around tonight, and then I got to you know do this, blah 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 blah, and then I meditate, and I'm like, oh, I don't have to do like half the things that I thought I have to. <laughs> My mind's so clear 
because I just focused on the intentions that I want to put out. Like, yeah, I need to, all right, I need to go work out and I need to call this guy. And then, uh, yeah, then my day's good. And here's my intention, but I wouldn't have gotten that way if it wasn't for meditation. So meditation is a practice that really, really helps me out. And it's, it's a journey. And then one thing I've really gotten into, especially this year has been breath work. Um, a lot of breath work as far as like in through the nose, out through the nose and, and just reading up on a lot of different content. There's a buddy of mine, his name's Scott Ali. He's a cop in uh, Beaumont for the Beaumont school district and everything. His brother is a, uh, influencer in, uh, Wisconsin and Milwaukee. His name is Dylan Ali. It's, it's, it's spelled like it's Dylan, but it's pronounced Dylan. And he's a big breath work meditation guy. And I've been working with him on a lot of different breath work towards like crazy type of breath work to where like you're breathing in and out of your nose for like five minutes, super fast and you feel weird. But then all of a sudden you hold it in and you do these different techniques and like it, uh, it really takes all the stress and things out of your body and it calms your body down and puts you in a very high frequency state to where you can go ahead and then go in through your meditation and you're just clear. It's like your brain is like a blank page and it's super cool. So it's like learning through things like that and stuff. And uh, once again, like how we talked about before, man, it's a practice. It's a journey. I wouldn't say I'm a, I don't think I'd ever and thank God be a master at it or be a master at anything. I just want to live my life best I can, man. And I know meditation, breath work and things like that. It, it's good for me. And I know it can be good for other people. Yes, uh, highly recommend anyone listening who hasn't give meditation a try. Um, please give it a try. Um, yeah. Whereas, uh, yeah, it's it's a beautiful thing and it can really basically can change your life because when we have the ability to be alone with ourselves and truly love ourselves and know our worth, then we have so much space and room and capacity then to be there and serve and help others. So. Yeah, um, meditation is a beautiful way uh, to kind of begin that journey of like looking inward because we first have to become really familiar with our old self to create a new self. And that happens when you're meditating. Um, yeah, for sure. And, you know, um, back to like influencers like Kyle Cease and stuff like that, when it talks about like like meditation and stuff, it's like it's all about just talking to that inner child. You know what I mean? Because there was something that happened to you in your childhood large or small, that kind of developed a pattern, you know what I mean? And it's about being with yourself and trying to go back and honoring that, you know, like you can't explain like, why well, I don't know why I don't get tasks done a certain way. Well, it could be something that happened to you in your childhood that kind of prevented you that, you know, maybe you didn't get a task done and then you got ridiculed for it. Or maybe it was something to where uh, you got something done early and then you got made fun of for it. So you're like, I don't ever want to get stuff done earlier again. So now you have a time problem. But you wouldn't know that if you didn't sit down and meditate and connect to yourself and really deal with those situations. And once again, I'm I'm just paraphrasing because there's so many different techniques and there's so many different ways of doing it. But I feel like anything, just five minutes a day of just focusing on your breath, just breathing in and out, box breathing, you can Google it. If you do a start off for five minutes a day, work your way up to 10, 15, you know, whatever, and just go through that journey. And you just, I guarantee you within like, like a week, you'll, you'll feel different, you know? So I, I highly recommend just like with you, I highly recommend meditation just with, with anyone. Yeah. Give it a try. Do your, do your own research, figure out what's best for you and then, uh, get after it. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, is there uh, I think like the way we wake up is very important. Um, do you have like a, a specific morning routine that you generally stick to or you like to get to when you wake up? 
Absolutely. So um, I actually just watched a video of a guy that was talking about like, you know, the perfect, like a perfect morning routine. He's like, Hey man, just really it's the perfect morning routine is whatever your intention is like sending the intention out for the day of what you want to do. And those intentions can change throughout the day, but you know, you can have a set one and, a, and that's good, or you can just be a guy that just goes out and just sets your intention right. Either way works. And for me, I like to do a little bit of both. I have a routine and I like to set the intention for the day. Uh, my routine is to wake up, cup of coffee, shout out to all the coffee drinkers out there. And, uh, right, exactly. And a uh, cup of coffee. And then I make time to where I do some breath work. Uh, normally, my fast go-to breath work is uh, some Wim Hof breathing techniques. There's an app. I do that for about two or three rounds, which lasts about five minutes. And then I get into my meditation. And it could be something to where... You know, if I get into my planner, if I journal, I might write something of like setting an intention of like, how do I want my meditation or the day to go? And once again, I, I try not to think too much about it because when you wake up, you feel like you got all these things to do. Like, oh my God, it's this day. I got so much to do this, that, whatever, da, da, da. It's like, well, if you didn't have all these things to do, like what's an intention? Just one thing that you want to set for the day. So I'll either write it down or I'll think about it as I do my breath work. And then I go into my meditation. Well, after I'm done meditating, clean slate. All right, cool. Walk and feed the dog, make some breakfast, go to the gym, go to the job. Or if I'm not working that day, uh, you know, could be wrestling, put, just put, putting good vibes out there, whatever intention or projects I have and just going on through my day. But I know I'm a visual guy. So like, for instance, like, you know, my uh, you know, my ADHD has been just so rampant throughout my life that it's like if I don't have it written down or if I can't see it like on a calendar or a notebook or something, I will forget about it. So that's why when like you and I linked up to do this podcast, I immediately text you and go putting it in my calendar right now. Cause if I didn't put it in my calendar on my phone, there's no way I would remember <laughs> because my mind's all over the place. So, mm-hmm. uh, as far as a morning routine goes, that's normally what I do. Wake up coffee, breath work, meditation, and then go through my day. It could be breakfast. It could be the gym and some days change. I could be out of town for work or out of town for not really much for wrestling, uh, except for what we're getting ready to do with SWE. But, you know, um, it really all depends and just try and plan out my days as best I can. And the more I'm in tune with that, then I know my days would be great. Yoga, workout, like always puts me in a higher peak, man. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's brilliant. Brilliant. We're on the, we're on the, we're on the same wave for sure. Obviously that's why we're, we're attracted to one another. Uh, Yeah, for sure. And you know, there's some days where I don't feel like it, like some days are harder than others. Like it's just, you know, like, um, it's like, I don't, I don't want to get up and write shit in a journal. I just, you know, I just want to sit and be on my phone. Like, fuck, you know, whatever, like a human being, like, it's fine. It happens and everything like that, but a more of just just being consistent and just doing that one little thing because a, a good trick that worked for me is that if if I ever feel like there's a struggle to do something, especially if it's like working out or something like if you if I just don't feel like going to the gym that day, right? Because I love lifting weights, I've always loved training and everything like that. Uh, nutrition has always been a bit of a difficult thing for me, but it's been a lot better throughout the over the years. But the thing is, is that like, if I never felt like doing something or working out, I would always take whatever I was going to do like, right. And then I don't feel like doing it. I just cut it in half. Like, all right. Like if I'm if, like, Oh, I got to go work out for an hour. No, I don't. I'm just going to work out for 30 minutes. That's it. Just 30 minutes. The, the funny thing is, is that if I tell myself that I cut it in half and go, I'll feel, 
I'll feel like, okay, I can make do with 30 minutes. But then as I do thinking that, okay, I'm just 30 minutes bare minimum. Then I end up doing that hour because all I needed to do was just get started and get warmed up. And then the next thing you know, it's like, oh shit, I did the hour and I'm sitting there making a big deal and giving way too much power to this thing. You know what I mean? And not giving enough power to myself. So those are little things that help me in the morning too. Like if I don't feel like meditating, like I'll go, oh, I'll just meditate for 15 minutes instead of 30. Next thing you know, it's like, oh, I could do it for 10 more minutes. I feel pretty good right now. You know, and then you just, you keep going. So that's yeah. a good little hack for me. Whenever my little, uh, my little, my little voice that pops up in the head, like, ah, oh, man, you don't need to do that. Get on Instagram. Nah, bro. Twitter. Come on. It's like, no, no. So. Yes. That's why, um, the idea of making your bed in the morning is extremely valuable, right? Because you're, you, you view it. You view it as such a small thing, right? But you're getting out of bed and you're forcing yourself to do you're forcing yourself to do a task that you don't want to do. But once it's done, even though it was just making your bed, once you do it, there's such a deep, deep sense of accomplishment that you're already starting off like feeling good about yourself, feeling proud about yourself because you just made your bed. And so that's that's one thing I do every day, no matter what I'm doing. Um but uh was yeah, it, was wasn't there like a military guy who like went viral? I think it was like a university of Texas, like a college speech or whatever, when they graduated to where he talked about like the 10 rules of life. And one of the thing was, was like, always make your bed. Cause mm -hmm. he was like, he was like, cause you start the day off with an achievement. You start the day off with a task done. And regardless if you have a good day or a bad day, if you come back to, if you have a shitty day, then at least, you know, you got a nice warm bed that you can always crawl in and get ready for the next one. Right. So like I saw that video and I'm the same way. I make my bed every day. And all this stuff. And, and, you know, another thing that I want to touch up on is that I know a lot of people that might listen to this because there's look, there's a gazillion things you can do to better yourself. Right. Meditation journals, make your bed, do this, do that. Cold plunges, which mm -hmm. do you do cold plunges at all? Do you do? Yeah, it's not for me. <laughs> not, for me. <laughs> not for me. But here's the thing. I know it works and I've tried it before in the past, but that's the thing. Like you have to take these things of whether it's making your bed, cold plunges, meditation or whatever. You don't have to do all of them. Just do the things that work for you. And then mm -hmm. there might be seasons to where it's like, oh, meditation was really good, but now I'm going to kind of lean towards this thing or that thing. That's the beauty of it, man. And that's something I have to tell myself because sometimes I get overwhelmed. It's like, Jesus, I could take up the whole day of all these great practices. They'll take up my day and people are like, I do this, 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 and this. It's like, no, just take like a couple things that work well for you and then just evolve in them and adapt, and adapt them to other things over a period of time. And I just hope people know that to where it's like, there's no set perfect morning routine like you know or anything like that it's just whatever's perfect for you whatever exactly. puts you at your highest self if that's a cup of coffee you know which you and i can both attest to if it's a cup of coffee like that's what you do if you walk your dog that's it or if it's just literally like you wrap yourself in a cozy blanket and walk around the house for 10 minutes like who gives a shit that's what works for you man so you should do it whatever puts you in the highest state yes take what you need to set yourself up for the best day possible and then do it. That's all Hell about yeah, you. Man. Perfect. Hell yeah, man. Oh, um, I think I want to end on that because I like that a lot. Hell yeah. Cool. I'm with that, uh, man. But I want to just quickly touch on your podcast first. Um, tell people about your podcast. Uh, any closing thoughts? And then, uh, and then I'll see you on Sunday. Awesome. Yeah, man. So uh, my podcast is the Leisure and Lariat's podcast. Uh, yeah, yeah I've, I've started it. 
right through the pandemic. It is by far the most procrastinated project that I've ever done in my life. Because uh, if anybody's known me, uh, I've I've been a uh, I'm a massive chronic procrastinator throughout my life. I've been <laughs> so much better about it, but I mean, still, there's times like don't don't even get me started, man. But it took enough of like just people saying, "Hey, you have a voice for radio. You have this. You have that." all this other stuff. You're a great communicator. You should start something. It was literally years of that to where I'm like, Oh, I'm going to do this podcast. And then I never done it. Pandemic hit purging of everything. Everything is wiped away and go, this is the time to do a podcast, right? Everything's perfect. Everything's perfect, man. If I would have started that podcast years ago, maybe it wouldn't have got the trend. Maybe it would. I don't know. But anyways, I'm doing it now. Leisure and Lariats, it's great. I drop new content every Friday, man. I just every dropped Friday. Um, at, as part one uh, with my interview with uh, Stevie Richards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I've, I've had some other guys. I'm, I'm about to have you on it because I know we right. talked about a pre-recording. I can't wait to have you on it. Uh, I just recorded one uh, with Kevin Bernhardt from The Row where we talk about yeah. reality, reality wrestling and really an evolving like wrestling and like you know standing out in different stuff. And then like you know I've, I've talked you know it's a podcast about you know basically looking at life through not only a pro wrestling lens, but also something to where it's kind of a parallel of what you do with the you are loved campaign to where it's like, bro, as pro wrestlers, like I, I love the community of pro wrestlers, men and women. And I feel like they're some of the greatest people, but I'd be lying if I said that we weren't like all up in, in anxiety and in our head and, and just always thinking worst case scenario, because this is how these, pa these paradigms happen. Right. And these are things to where it's like, let's cut all the shit and let's just talk about real topics that not only affected our career, but could also go through life and get some lessons out of it, you know? And that's what my podcast is all about, man. And it's obnoxious too, to where it's like, I have this soundboard and I do these wacky sounds at times, like a crazy morning radio host, but it's, <laughs> it's fun. It's what I want to do. And luckily I've had enough people that have really been like, dude, be honest with you. Cause you know, you'll get those people who are like, I love your stuff. And they're just saying that because they like you. Sure. But also the people that you barely talk to, they're like, your podcast is different, man. I like it, you know, like it's this, or like if somebody hits me up and this has been something super cool to where it's like, somebody would just hit me up and be like, dude, I needed your podcast today. Like I just I need it. And I know, and I know you get that too, because bro, your content's like amazing. Like I love, I love the, you are love campaign, man. And just everything you do, dude, it's like, you got great merch too. I got to get better at my merch. Like Jesus. But, uh, you know, it's things like that with the Leisure and Larry's podcast, man. Just talk wrestling. I drop a game of the week, a book of the week, uh, a match of the week because, you know, it's pro wrestling. I love pro wrestling. So I try and keep it around the Roman pro wrestling, but it's it's life. It's positivity. It's just trying to be a better human being and get that out there, man. So, yeah, it's every Friday, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Anchor, all that good stuff and everything. Mm -hmm. So uh, Leisure and Larry's podcast, Ryan Davidson, man, that's uh, every Friday, and I love it. Uh, and I'm just so excited to where, where it can go, man. Joe Rogan messed up to where he showed me that it was possible to make a hundred million dollars at a podcast, bro. <laughs> like if there's any way that I can get a sponsor or somebody from a podcast down the line, then cool. Because this is something I've always wanted to do. And then after my in-ring pro wrestling career is done to get on the microphone and be a commentator or anything like that, uh, that that's something that I want to pursue uh and everything like that so i feel like this is a good uh stepping dipping my toe in so to speak for for something like that man so i'm very happy with it love it yeah cool. check that out i'll be on it soon um hell yeah you will 
Can't say it'll be the best episode, but it'll definitely be a man, bull man, <laughs> shut your beautiful face. No, <laughs> awesome, dude. I can't wait. I actually like I was I was geeking out because I was writing down some uh some outlines of the stuff of the episode. Uh actually today I actually had it in, in here. So yeah, that's I'm, right. I'm almost that's what I got yeah. you written down. Hell yeah, man. I'm almost through with it, man. So when I get you on here for sure, uh that that'll be great. Like I said, we'll be seeing each other in, in Canton, man. So I'll I'll bring my equipment and we'll make it we'll make it work, man. Hell yeah. Um, where can people find you on socials? Twitter man, and Instagram? Uh yeah, at uh both the same handle at uh RD Bear57. The letter the letter R, the letter D, Bear57 on Twitter and Instagram. Uh Ryan Davidson on Facebook. Uh I have a YouTube channel which I'm uh, currently working on more content with it. Um, I have some matches in, in, in Japan and Canada that I've, I've always had, but I didn't know if I can get the permission to release, but I'm actually going to turn them into like highlight films, Sweet. like short little highlight films. Cause that will actually get me away past that and stuff like that. Even though I, you know, I'm not ruining any relationships. I have good relationships with people and stuff like that, but it's just, I want to get that content out there and kind of yeah. boost that thing and everything. But, um, yeah, I have a YouTube channel, uh, realitywrestling.com, uh, Reality Wrestling uh, YouTube channel. They they drop matches now. We have some new content right. of recording everything. I just have a match on there with me and Tommy Bolton, which is cool. And then they're getting ready to drop. We just did a drive-through uh, wrestling show. I saw that. I saw yeah, that. Yeah, it was cool. So they're getting ready to drop all that content. It was a very fun show, very thing. Very cool thing. And uh, But yeah, man, that's, that's where everybody can find me, man. And dude, I, I thank you so much for having me come on this podcast, man. I've been looking, like I said, been looking forward all day and I'm, I'm thankful that I can talk your head off and everybody else listening. So I appreciate everyone listening. So thank you. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, you're lovely. I love talking to you. Uh, <laughs> stop. <laughs> I, uh, I also really like your beard. Uh, dude, it is shit. I gotta uh, trim this man. I, I also, oh. yeah, I also loved your mustache look. So maybe if I can see that. Oh. Oh, you're digging it in. Oh, now I know you're messing with me. That was uh, it was the worst mustache ever. I, I'm just gonna no, see your no. snapshot. It was that <laughs> was the worst thing ever. It was great. Um, oh, but, uh, but yeah, thanks for having this conversation with me. I thought it was I thought it was a really powerful conversation. Um, I Absolutely. think people got out of it. Um, but uh, yeah, thanks for taking the time, and uh, I'll see you on Sunday. Awesome, man. Just want to let you know, man, you, you, you definitely make a difference, bro, flat out. And I just want to let you know that. And I know we might not be the, the, the best of friends, but definitely good friends to say the least. And I just want to tell you in front of everyone and, and anyone that listens to this, man, if Jackson Stone ever needs anything from Ryan Davidson, all he's got to do is ask, man. So love you, buddy. And I appreciate you, uh, you doing all this awesome work, making the world a better place, man. So thank you. Thank you, man. Love you too. And, uh, thanks for everyone for watching. Um, rate, subscribe, like, comment, tell a friend, share. I love you all. Grateful for the community. And uh, yeah, have a good night. Bye.